0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as Scotland's Euro qualification moves within touching distance or maybe even closer. A comfortable night in Cyprus on Friday means Germany 2024 could be official tomorrow if other results go our way. And at the same time though, Stevie Clark's side will be in so-called friendly action against England and on the club front, Hibs appoint Nick Montgomery as their new manager. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Andy Halliday and Gordon DL. Not like you to join us on a Monday. There must be a good reason for it. Quiet weekend after Scotland did the business on Friday, Gordon, but plenty to look forward to this week. Yeah, uh, if you're a Scotland fan right now, you're in cloud nine. Absolutely brilliant. Terrific start to the campaign. 15 points, lost one goal. Totally in control, Gordon. But all eyes will be focused on tomorrow night at Hamden. Everyone will want to watch that game. I was liking the way Steve Clark was talking today, saying, look, England are a top-class side with top-class players. I've got to agree with that. Scotland need to know where they are, and this will be a good test tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. And the reason, the real reason I'm here, Gordon, is because... I watched the Masters on Saturday night and I seen a guy winning it and I just could not put up Couldn't with him. Uh, do you know something, Andy? I was thinking, you used to play with hearts. How were you not playing? <laughs> <laughs> the worst of it is he's been practising that all weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. But Andy, we used to dread international breaks when they came around. All of a sudden, it's just good news and positivity. Don't quite know what to do with ourselves. I know, it's strange. I, I, first of all, I, I never thought I'd sit here on a Monday and be sitting next to, to Gordon Dale, but... Furthermore, and more importantly, I never thought I'd be able to say that Scotland are the form nation in Europe. So it's, it's a it's a strange time, but let's ride the wave when we can. Obviously, we're going to look forward to a, a big game against England. Some people say a friendly, but I don't think that 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 match is always a friendly. So I'm looking forward to. It. Yeah, you're in for a tough night. You used to hang around with Roger Hanna. Mm. Things are different in this company. Believe me, that's uh, oh, an easier night game here, mate. No, you've got a lot of carrying to do. 01419511025, that is the number you need, so please come on down. We'd love to hear from you tonight. If you've still got thoughts on Friday night, then please do get them in. You've not really had the chance to speak to us over the weekend, albeit we were on late on Friday. So what did you make of the victory against Cyprus? How close, I mean, I think you've all seen the numbers. Obviously, it's very close qualification, so how do you feel about that? Are you at full count your chickens, book your flights stage? I'd assume most people are. Uh, and what about tomorrow then, right? It's a friendly. What does that mean? Is there ever such a thing against England? How seriously are you taking it? How seriously should Stevie Clark be taking it? What will the team look like? How do you think tomorrow will go? There's a nice couple of subplots there. Elliot Anderson, are we going to miss out on him and England steal him back? But are we going to get Harvey Barnes? Would, would you mind either way? Uh, and if you want to just get some club news off your chest, now might be a good time to do do so. A bit of a quiet spot. You can put something to Andy uh, or Gordon Deal. Hibs have got a new manager. That's a big deal, Gordon Deal. Yeah, I think the Hibs fans will be delighted. Uh, didn't see that one coming. Not Nick Dockery spent a lot. No, me <laughs> Montgomery Sorry <laughs> Why did that go Dockery <laughs> Nick Montgomery uh, Spent a lot of time Obviously his playing career England I like the way He handled his press conference today I think that was good news For the Hibs fans By saying Look I'm a very loyal guy If you look at his Football career He didn't have a lot of clubs Didn't move a lot uh, Move around a lot He's been one management 
uh, position. Done very well, obviously. That's why Hibs came calling. I'm excited to see him. I like the way he's talking. I really do. Um, and I think the Hibs fans will be looking forward to their first game. I think it's Kilmarnock they've got. Um, so it's, it's a new way forward for them. And hopefully Hibs can keep this manager this time. Hopefully the lad does well for Hibs and everybody concerned the Easter Road. It's always big news when one of our bigger clubs in the top flight gets a new boss, Andy. Yeah, tapping the Australian market again. It seems to be a bit of a common theme in Scottish football. But yeah, I think it ticks a lot of boxes, makes a lot of sense. Obviously started off in the uh, in the youth set up at Central Coast and uh, I think it was pivotal with a lot of a youth players coming through there and I think that's something that Hibs fans have been sort of battering the door down because, you know, Hibs for the... You know, the full of sort of the, the, the 2000s era going into mm. 2010s, it was all about youth academy and bringing players through and we all know the, the amount of names they did and that sort of went a wee bit stale over the last few years. So, And not only that, he's obviously won the league in, in Australia, so he's been successful there as well. So I think it uh, ticks a lot of boxes. Come on then, 01419511025, get your calls in, probably international football related, but maybe you'll just see it as a chance to talk about the domestic stuff. I know even still, even although... The image of Hugh Keevan and Lederhosen is getting closer. Uh, I know still some people would rather talk about domestic football, so you can do. Uh, get your calls in at Clyde SSB on Twitter as well. We can't even do a goal of the weekend. Right? No. Just, there was just not a lot happening. Just team performance of the weekend. Much goal of the weekend. John McGinn's has got to be in it. Yeah. John McGinn's. Yeah. See, see, someone's released these highlights, uh, a, a compilation of all the Scotland goals on Twitter. It's a, great, it's a great standard, not just the number of them. He's, that was another one for the collection, wasn't it? I, I remember watching him years ago when he started as a young kid out on the left-hand side with St Man, And I looked at the boy and I thought, he'll go all the way. Terrific. I think he oh, just... Here he goes. You, tried, you, you called it back then, did I you? I called it back then, yeah. Um, he just decided to never mention it until he actually had to, made it. To be fair, he was playing like a left-winger at that time. Didn't see him moving into that position where he's absolutely brilliant. And he's getting so many goals. He's just developed into a top class footballer I think he's a stick on to break the, the old time scoring record do man. you though I do I do I just think the amount of positions he's finding I, I oh, think listen, he's, I'd um, love it I just I just wonder you know unfortunately for us we're only gonna, especially in the Nations League games we're going to be up against all the good sides from now on because we've got ourselves in such a, a good position what yeah, is he, true, what's maybe. he got 14 to go I think something like that is it that. as many as that I don't think it is no, you want to change your mind there yeah. no I don't think it's as many as that though because <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's on maybe 21 or 22 no, rounds no, no, or not no, 30 because no. he's still one behind Kenny Miller because he was in oh, here on Friday he? mm. um, I can't I'll stop back him I still think he'll do it Kenny will be heartbroken. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny's, Kenny's one of the like, ones that go, yeah, it'd be brilliant to see somebody break my record. And defeat, Kenny, oh. Kenny was shouting for VAR when <laughs> that hit the back of the net the other night. We were talking about what was Kenny's performance like at the Masters? Uh, I had they oh, played centre half. Oh, Ken, Kenny. Rangers, uh, I think, struggled. And I think he would, he would um, back that, that up. Yeah. yeah, I think so. It was. Um, I'll yeah. tell you what, I'm looking forward to this week because tomorrow night, Wilson will come in with his... Masters medal yeah. round his neck. That's why I'm pretending not, yeah. that he didn't get a nosebleed every time he crossed the halfway line. Uh, then Wednesday night, Bully Boy Bartley. Honestly, every time I, I didn't see, it. I watched it for the full tournament. I didn't see him on the ball once, but I did see him bash everybody. <laughs> Alan Hutton right into the boards, banged his head. Poor Morris Ross injured him, put him out of the competition. He was just bullying. I everybody. think he was the one that pulled up on the carpet as well. So uh, aggressive. He, he, dis he destroyed everything. He destroyed the pitch. He's he destroyed the players. Yeah, he, he was. And, it's the first time, I've got to say it's the first time I've seen him without his Queen of South tracks out on this no he had it on oh, under heard that. he did have it under his hips because they had a game my, 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 my favourite of the super scoreboard crew was Simon Donnelly he was giving some of these guys a good decade or so still looked sharp and I was, I was happy with him 
Yeah, I've yeah. got I've got to say it was a good ten minute watch, um, and I honestly I got up the next morning. I thought I'll have a wee text here to see who won that. I actually watched it all. This is the sad Saturday night. Here, here's the difference between the three of us: how we spent our international break. You watched ten minutes of the Masters and turned over to a game show. Yeah, I sat and watched the full thing, and he was an Ibiza. That's the difference between us three. You know well, I mean? it's the difference with Turkish on. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Well, that, that, you go to Turkish so you can show off your Serenite and beef again, so you've got to take the days off when you can. Anyway, back at it this week, I'm sure. Right, 01419511025. Let's get stuck in with John, who's in Camus Lang. How's it going, John? Hi, very good. Uh, evening, Gordon, Gordon, uh, Andy. Uh, as I was saying to your producer, Michael, there, I'm absolutely buzzing for tomorrow night. I've never been to a Scotland-England game. It was on the bucket list, and at 42, I'm eventually getting to go to one, and there's no, no family between these teams. And as I was saying, I was, I was actually talking to a very, very, very famous Scottish actor today, and he couldn't get a ticket for the game. Oh. And he's, he, he's go on, name, name drop, John. We don't mind. It was Peter Mullen. And he couldn't even get a ticket, and you can. He couldn't get a ticket, and I was telling him I was going to watch Braveheart before I went out to watch the game, and he was just laughing, absolutely buzzing, and he was had a good five, ten minute talk about how good Scotland are doing just now, and the feel-good factors everywhere, and it was a just could be a conversation, but I'm absolutely buzzing for tomorrow night. See, but, right, 30 seconds into the first call of the night, and I'm sold. Not that I was mm. on the fence anyway. But that sums up Friendly Who cares What does that mean John's telling you Bucket list Always wanted to go to Scotland England He's going tomorrow He's buzzing for it That that sums up the size of This friendly fixture Doesn't it Yeah it's, it's, Listen It's been one of these games That everybody looks forward to Interesting to hear Steve Clark talking He lives down in England now Big part of his life's been down there and how serious they take it as well Gone Because they think they're better than us Let's not be kidding uh, I've been to one uh, believe it or not, only one. Just and, one. And it was at Wembley. I always, my bucket list uh, wanted to go to Wembley. It wasn't it Don Hutchison at Wembley, was it? No, it was, and, and I'll tell you, it was strange. It wasn't even a mid. It was, See, uh, before we go any further, have we now cleared up what bucket list means? Because we had a bit of a misunderstanding I've with got Gordon a, big bucket a couple list. of weeks when, ago. When you get to my agency, my life. Gordon basically bucket thought bucket list just meant to do list. Yeah. Oh, right. right. So when yeah. we would mention, like, I don't know, like, Going, going to, shopping Yeah but, ah, That's on my bucket list <laughs> no, no, no. It's things you want to do Before you die Andy Listen I've got a big bucket <laughs> And imagine? it was a midweek game um, At Wembley And that, That's we, it We lost 2-1 You're giving Charlie, us a year Charlie Nichols No I can't remember a year Round about the 80, 85 No Round about Between 80 and upwards um, <sighs> And Charlie Nicholas scored Right Brian Watson scored for England Midweek 2-1 But I think everyone's looking forward. I'm the same, Gordon. See, after Friday night, wasn't too concerned about tomorrow night, but I think everybody's just mm. now getting the excitement. These two teams, what, they've met 115 times. England have won 48. <laughs> Scotland have won 41, 26 draws. It's the first like, stat I've heard you read out in 12 years in this show. You obviously feel threatened because you're with Andy. Well, Andy sat in there and I was having a coffee and I looked around and he must have sat for about... 40 minutes writing things Hold down. on He's been in Ibiza this weekend He's got work to catch up on the golf course That was my homework <laughs> for 30 minutes uh, No John do you know what Hope, Hopefully you're in for a treat Because I always say it as I think most people who, who are there sort of agree I've been lucky enough doing this job To be at big Champions League nights For various teams uh, I've seen my own team Sort of Well not win very much to be honest But Lee Griffiths Second Free kick When that hits the back of the net I've never seen anything like it For in terms of the one moment 
that one outburst mm-hmm. and it goes on to mean not that much because England equalise. But th- ridiculous, never seen anything like it. So hopefully, John, um, you're, you're getting something similar. Can Scotland, I mean, I don't know, I was going to say cause an upset, but all of a sudden we're the informed team in Europe, as Andy said. And, well, I, mean, I don't think beating England tomorrow night would be an upset. Uh, I watched them on Saturday and there was nothing there that I was too worried about, but uh, well, it is one of the games. It's all the old enemy against each other and it'll be a bit uh, to, to and fro and I feel if we get their back line, I feel we've got a good chance. I mean, we've got... Premiership players that are captain and team to the Premiership, like your McGinn. I, I don't know how McTominay's not got a game for Man United, but it keeps him fresh for Scotland. Uh, we've got Andy Robertson, uh, we've got Tierney, who's over in Spain now. We've got players playing in Italy. It's just, we've got players everywhere making a difference now. And it's, it's back to, to, to some dark days as a Scotland fan years and years ago, where you couldn't even give tickets away for Scotland games. Now you kind of get one. So it shows you how good Steve Clark uh, came in. There's player, uh, I mean, there's people wanted him gone after the Euros because it was a bit. A damp squid, but he's he's regrouped. He's showed what he can do, and that's eleven qualifiers in a row of one. We concede him three goals. Mm-hmm. So why should we be concerned about England? Well, this is look. We have spent decades now saying that they get carried away with everything and they're arrogant and whatever. So I think the last thing Scotland should do is is get carried away. But that start there, eleven qualifiers in a row. A, a group way beyond the living players, Andy, who are contributing in a positive way pretty much every time they play for Scotland. How how good a place does Steve Clark's side go into this one in? Oh, immense. And I, I think it's the manner they've done it as well because obviously getting to the first major tournament in over two decades, uh, a couple of years ago, we've got, let's face it, we've got one foot and four toes in the door and the next one as well. Uh, and we've, we've risen, was that now, 20 places to 30th in the world. Uh, and I think that the sort of the evolution of the way the team's playing since the first time he came in the door as well because I remember when he first came in after the Kazakhstan the San Marino game and you could see it was clear how he wanted Scotland to be you know harder to beat tougher to break down it wasn't probably the prettiest football to watch but over the last sort of 12 to 18 months Scotland are playing some very very good stuff and I think even going into these you know Cyprus games over the uh, the Nations League in the last campaign it was Armenia away Moldova away they no longer feel as if they're on an eighth edge now. You're going into it with a lot of confidence looking at the players we've got. We've got players that are playing in La Liga, Serie A, Premier League. We've got, for me, as good a squad as certainly I've seen in my lifetime. And it runs deep. And I, going into the game tomorrow, I don't want to say it too early, but I'm mm. pretty confident. Well, this is the thing. I, I feel like, To almost repeat what I said a second ago, I'm almost scared you, because you're... Embrace it, Gordon. Fan, you, might not you, get this again. You, you're, you're almost you're scared to be too confident, but... Genuinely, in certain areas of the pitch, Gordon, you do. They've got they've got serious superstars in terms mm-hmm. of Bellingham, Kane. You'd put mm-hmm. a couple of uh, folding. You'd put a couple in that bracket for sure. But as John said about the level of some of ours, say it as that midfield three of of John McGinn, Billy Gilmore, Scott McTominay from an English Premier League perspective, Callum McGregor, in that that mix as well. I mean that that that's like even on paper that looks like it can compete. Yeah, I think the difference, I watched the England game as well the other night there. Sometimes you look at England, they play like individual superstars. We're playing with superstars as a team. Now, the confidence comes from one thing. We ain't losing goals and we're scoring goals. And we look very comfortable in the shape that Steve Clark wants to play in. 
everybody's buying into it. Everybody's buying into the system. Everybody's buying into the squad. Everybody's playing their part, even if they're on the bench, coming off and being a part of what the achievement is. And I think that goes a long, long way. And they'll tell you, sometimes you don't need to have the best players, but if you've got mm. the best sort of a team spirit with the right work ethic and the right direction... It really helps yeah. you But that's the thing Andy You could have played that clip before Say the last game against England Or the one before that But genuinely In a couple of areas of the pitch You might you might be talking about You know The Scotland player in that position Having the edge No? Yeah And, and, and you're right in, in terms of sort of form As well Going into the yeah. uh, Certainly for our nations I mean we've, we've spoke about You know John McGinn potentially uh, Being the all time top scorer for Scotland But I mean Scott McTominay's well on his way Just with this campaign alone Because the form he's in for Scotland Is is, uh, is out of this world And like you you quite rightly pointed out That sort of midfield area And the one position where I feel as if We've always lacked In Scotland is that one That that Gareth Bale for Wales That one match winner I'm not saying he's he's a superstar But I do think if Scotland could get Harvey Barnes uh, In a Scotland jersey to commit his future to Scotland I think he is he's a match winner And I don't think in your squad you can have enough match winners And I think mm. if you can get him through I think he'll just he'll just boost his even further Yeah let's hear a bit from Steve Clark on that That's one that's going to come out over uh, the weekend Because there was excitement around Elliot Anderson of Newcastle He was called into the squad He then dropped out Was it just injury? Is it you know suggestion that he's going to Pledges allegiance to England Then Gareth Southgate uh, Said you know He is a player That England would Would still try and And uh, have play for them So Steve Clark says He is still interested In in bringing Elliot Anderson in And Harvey Barnes Will be discussed After tomorrow's game Yeah we like the player as well So we want The best players We can possibly get If they're eligible For Scotland And they've got a chance To play for us And they can improve The squad that I've got Which is not an easy thing to do and I get all the, the story around it because we're playing England, so you want to speak about Elliot, you want to speak about Harvey. When I come out of this camp, I'll look at what we've done, what we've had, what's occurred over this camp, we'll do a debrief on it, and then we'll we'll shape what we do from there. Harvey Barnes has an England cap, Gordon, one. What would you make of that, if we could manage it? Would, is that fine, just embrace it? A good player's a good player? Or is mm-hmm. this a hold on a minute, where were you when we weren't as good as we are now? No, I, I think you keep... When you're in a strong position, I think, as a football team, you try and get stronger and stronger. I think Andy's right. I think the more quality you get in the team, the better it is. Um, I think Steve Clark, you know, I, I like the way he goes about it, saying, look, he's got to add something to the squad because the squad's very good. It'll be very difficult to get in the team. But I think competition, you look at our bench just now, you know, the competition for places is incredible. Um, and it's great for Steve Clark He can turn around there He's got every confidence mm. In every one of them Gordon So an extra quality player Certainly would go a long way Because here's one actually um, we're, It seems like There's now a couple That are going back and forward Which again might show you The sort of level That, that we're at now Because Does the name Hayden Hackney Mean anything yeah, to you? just played for England Under 21s last so night So Hayden it? Hackney has Played for Scotland under 21s a few times I think There was a sniff that he, he might have been called up to the squad for the Georgia game The full squad and he didn't He was then mysteriously missing from the under 21s this time And he's played for England under 21s today So he was one of ours yeah. that we thought we certainly had And uh, he's playing for, for England under 21s today John, if Scotland could convince Harvey Barnes Would you go for that or do you have a different view on it? Well it's happened over the years. People have played the one cap and they've then played for uh, another country. A prime example is your Declan, uh, Declan Rice, Jack Grealish, 
it's I'm, I've no problem with it because McTominay and Gunn have come in both Eng, uh, both English born and done well for Scotland. I'm, I'm nothing against it, but I do feel it's a bit yeah a funny one. We have you already played for a country and played for another country? I don't think it should just be selective. And uh, I think I've got to play for England because I think they're doing well. It's a wee bit. I don't. I don't know if we'd even get into the team now. If I'm being honest, how well we're playing, but. As uh, Gordon was saying, you build on the strength, and if he comes in and makes a difference, I'll be cheering them on. Not Cra- a the crazy thing is, I get that in terms of the the way Scotland play and the formation. Yeah, I don't know if you pick a team tomorrow and Harvey Barnes does walk into it, does he? But just good to have, good to have around. Yeah, definitely. Could they play in that sort of Ryan Christie role that we've seen playing off Lyndon Dykes uh, over over the past sort of year or so, potentially? But. I mean, listen, he's just went for, what was it, £30 million to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing Champions League football this year. And one thing I'll say, uh, bringing in players of that sort of quality, which he obviously is, I think it raises everyone else's game as well. Uh, first and foremost, he would need to commit his future to Scotland. That's important. You need to realise that if he's pulling on the jersey, he's fully committed to, to helping the team progress even further. But listen, if he was to commit his future to Scotland, I'm sure everyone would get behind him. Brilliant. Thank you very much to John. John's just rubbing shoulders with Hollywood oh, stars. Hollywood talking stars. to Peter Mullen about the game tomorrow. Then he's on tonight talking to Do you know who Peter football? Mullen is? Yes. Give me one thing he was in. Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. Uh, I know who he is. Do you? Come on, Andy, help me out here. Well, it, it, he John mentioned, mentioned the movie, to be fair. Braveheart. Perfect to be... Oh, he was the big lad. He's a big no, not sort really. of like a, Hamish. Kind of like, so. uh, big, uh, but he's he's not. He's shrunk a wee bit in the later he's, years. Ozark, that's the one for you. Remember? Was he in Ozark? Jacob I w- Snell. No, I, I thought I knew you were a big Ozark oh, fan. I watched, I watched that's why every I said episode it. of Ozark. Remember? No, I can't. Get the mad wife. Oh yes. Yes, she she. Well, in case people haven't seen it, don't you're, right. you're bad for that. <laughs> he doesn't last right. long with that one. Four one nine five one one zero two five. Good time to call. We'll get your next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call zero one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Gordon Diel are here. It's 0141-951-1025. Keep the calls coming. Tweets as well at Clyde SSB. Keep us company. It was a quiet weekend, but only after Scotland did the business on Friday night. And almost, dare I say it, boring second half Gordon Diel because it was mm. that comfortable. Not yeah, say that. yeah, look, we'll we'll never um we'll never be disappointed with that, Gordon. I thought the way Scotland started the game was absolutely brilliant. That's what everybody was hoping for on the front foot, getting at them, getting that early goal. We looked a threat, we looked lively. Um, so, as Steve Clark quite rightly said, second half was all about managing the game. And sometimes you've got to do that. As much as we're sitting there at home thinking, yes, we could get four, five, six goals here, the way we're playing, the way we're attacking, the players we've got. Sometimes you've got to manage the game. The game's over at 90 plus minutes. And I thought we did that perfectly well. It was a great performance and it takes us into a fantastic mm. exciting game tomorrow night. Let's Arden. bring in David and Bathgate. How's it going, David? All right, yourself? Yeah, not bad at all. What are you thinking tonight then? Oh, just die. We're on cloud nine, aren't we? The way we're, we're playing, it's, I agree with God and I thought we were fantastic on Friday night. First half was brilliant. I thought the third goal especially was brilliant. And McTominay sent that guy to the shops. I mean, it was great and played it across and what a finish. 
but I think um, tomorrow just I've been buzzing since Friday for it, and it's just such a good feeling to go into the game because obviously we see these players every week, um, and they are some of them are world class, aren't they? But I think just with the atmosphere, us getting our heads in it. The crowd going, the players at it. It's, it's an opportunity to actually have a fantastic night. I know it's only a friendly, but come on, is there ever such a thing as a friendly against England? Would you expect that to be reflected in the team, David? I noticed, you know, Steve Clark didn't make many changes. The, um, as the game wore on the other night, it took a while to make some subs and kind of stuck at it. Does that mean things get shaken up at all tomorrow, or is this very much that kind of? Because bear in mind, we've got a bit of consistency in that starting eleven. You expecting Scotland to to go for it in that sense? No, I, I agree with you. I thought um, the team selection on Friday was perfect. The team's almost picking itself at the minute. Uh, I know there's a wee bit of debate between Adams and Dykes, but I don't think he'll make any changes tomorrow. I think if he can play the same team, he will. Agree with that. I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two. Uh, I think he will go for Dykes tomorrow. I oh, think really? he will go for a bit more of a physical presence. Uh, I, I know it's, this is extremely harsh after a 3 comfortable, uh, comfortable victory, but I don't think Shea Adams was at his best uh, in the game. Uh, and I just do think that, that more of a physical presence with, with Lyndon Dykes coming in, I wouldn't be too surprised. I think he could be the only change. Uh, the only one I could see potentially is a Ryan Christie or a Stuart Armstrong maybe coming in, but I just thought that midfield four, I thought they complemented themselves so well. I touched on earlier about Scotland now sort of imposing their own style in the game and you could see they four playing that sort of box midfield in there with, with McTominay and McGinn playing close to Che Adams and, and some of the, the uh, some of the football for me, especially in the first half, was excellent. So, yeah, if there is any changes, I, I think it'll be one or two maximum. So, is it different then because of the opposition ultimately, Gordon? If we've done most of our hard work and qualification on a Friday and say we were playing a friendly against the Czech Republic tomorrow at Hamden... Would we see Lewis Ferguson start the game? Would we see Ryan Jack start the game? Would we mm -hmm. see Kenny McLean start the game? And if the answer to any of those is yes, is it different tomorrow because it's England? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get 100%. to. 100%. 100% for me. I think that every player will want to play in this fixture. They want to look back in their careers and talk about it. Obviously, the biggest international game of their life, Scotland v England at Hamden. That Hamden will be bursting tomorrow night, it seems. I I can understand, take on board what Andy's saying about that front line. I think if everybody's fit, Gordon, I think Steve Clark will reward these players by saying, same again. Well, now, what club, I will club managers will be delighted, won't they? No, well, listen, um, I think every player will want to be, they'll be bursting, they'll be chatting his door saying, you know, okay, you're looking after me because of the club and he's got a duty to do that. Of course he has. But these players will not want to miss this game tomorrow night. And even if it gets to that 65, whatever minutes, the usual substitutions, there's plenty there that he can change. But for starting this game tomorrow night, Andy will tell you, he plays just now, if you were a player and you've claimed that number one spot on Friday night, you've come off a great 3-0, everybody's talking about this game. You want to be playing, you want to be starting. Yeah, they'll all want to play, won't they? Oh, definitely. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And listen, it's, it's an old cliche in football, but winning is a habit. And Scotland have made, it, made the most of it just mm -hmm. now and they want, want to try and ride that wave as long as they can. For the amount of stats we see going about just now and a lot of them very, very impressive in our favour. I think the most impressive one is Scotland have lost one game in the last 19 at Hamden. So Hamden's becoming a real fortress for us now. And it doesn't matter who comes our way. Like obviously we've seen with, with Spain coming a couple of months ago. So I don't think there's... 
I don't think Steve Clark and his side will have any fear going into the game tomorrow. Uh, and I think you'll see that. We're talking about friendlies. Do they want to win it? I think we'll see if the very, very strong lineup that he puts out. Yeah, let's hear from Steve Clark because uh, I've got another question for David in just a second. But, um, you know, he believes the game tomorrow is equally as important and significant for both sides. I think you just sum it up forever. It's been 150 years in the making. So, always good games, always competitive games. Uh, modern era, certainly in the last. In my lifetime, England have probably moved a little bit further in front. We're trying to close the gap on them, and we'll find out tomorrow how much we've closed that gap. It will be a competitive friendly, if you can have such a thing. I think both teams will want to win. Uh, obviously, the boys from both sides uh, interact with each other at different clubs. They, they come across each other all season, so both sides will want the bragging rights. I think the English hold them quite close as well. They like to beat us. Don't make any mistake about that. I don't think it's more important to Scotland than it is to England. Having lived in England for, as I said, quite a long time, I understand that it means a lot to them as well. We try to take out of this game what we need to take out of it. So I've got some things that I want to see on the pitch. Uh, testing ourselves against top opposition, which we're going, to, we're going to come across more often in the next 12, 18 months. What about Harvey Barnes? David, would you welcome him with open arms or are you not feeling as accommodating? I think um, <clears throat> our WhatsApp chat amongst our mates is a wee bit split amongst them because there seems to be, I don't know, just saying that he was asked before and he's turned us down. I don't know if that's factual or not. But I would certainly take him. I think he would improve our team. I think he would challenge to get into the, the starting 11, his quality that he's got. Um, so, yeah, I would welcome him. Any doubt for you, Andy? You know, the, the, the counter argument's obvious. You don't have, I'm not saying I, I necessarily agree with it, but it's. Oh yeah, just wants involved now because Scotland are in a good place and just wants to play international football. Um, you know, w- wouldn't wouldn't want to play for Scotland if they weren't on the cusp of qualifying. That sort of stuff. Should pay any attention to that? No, uh, I I don't know if there's much truth in in Steve Clark's approach than before. I'm not sure if that's true or not. It seems like Steve Clark's the type of guy if he approach uh, if you approach him to, to play for Scotland, he turns you down. I don't think he's going back to be honest with you. But uh, for me. A player of his quality, we've seen what he's done in the Premier League with Leicester, he's obviously got his move to, to Newcastle and, and like I says, that for me, does it improve your squad? I think it does. Uh, I think that sort of area of the pitch, because I think we're really, really strong in certain areas, but I do think that, and I know we don't really play with wide players, but I do think that is an area that you need you need players in your squad because I think you're going to adapt in certain games uh, and I think he brings some real, real quality. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out over the next couple of weeks. But if you, like I said, if he commits to Scotland, I think he'd be a great addition. Just always strikes me, Gordon has been almost hard to keep up, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's like one or two examples, which it was at the start, but as we've mentioned earlier on, almost don't have the, the attention span to try and separate them all out and say, okay, well, McTominay is, he's okay because of this. And then mm-hmm. Angus Gunn, I mean, his dad played, but yeah, he turned, did he turn us down before? Harvey Barnes. We've now mentioned that actually, we're in such a good place now that it might be happening the other way. Hayden Hackney has played for Scotland 21s. He was meant to be called up, I think, to one of the previous squads or he was close. He played for England under 21s tonight just before we came on air. You throw Harvey Barnes, we're we're talking about Elliot Anderson. I know people, we liked it simple back in the day. That's the way a lot of people feel. International football is just not like that anymore, is it? Yeah, it's completely different modern day football. I think what we've got to do really just now is Steve Clark's got the trust of the nation gone. He knows better. He's a guy sitting there probably having the conversations. He'll get the feeling for the players. He'll know that if they want to be committed to his squad, he's not got to upset that squad. He's built something here. Everybody talks about the togetherness that Scotland have got as a squad and the younger players as well coming through. 
Steve Clark will know the right ones to bring into the squad. And it's not a case of saying, yeah, if we if we bring in Barnes, for instance, he's went to Newcastle for big money, around 30, 36 million, whatever it may be. It's not a case he's an automatic pick. Just now, it's a good place for a manager to be in because you're saying to Barnes, for instance, if you're coming to show that you want to play for our country, you need to earn the right to play for it and, and get mm. yourself into the team. And I think... All football fans would admit, Andy, that there's a, there is a level of being fickle there because if Harvey Barnes was to bang in a goal that sends Scotland through at the group stages next summer, you, you probably wouldn't mind. I think everyone accepts Scott McTominay's commitment has been absolutely top drawer, would run through a brick wall for Scotland. He's now a real fan's favourite. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's everyone's personal preference. Yeah, it is. But my, my stance on it's pretty clear. Are they committed to the country? And did they improve our squad? If both answers are yes, I'd take them. Okay, thank you very much to David. We're going to get John in Johnson on just after the travel, but let me run this past you first before we go any further. Well, we've started the week with a rollover because the caller said hello, which normally is okay, but it's not good on make me a winner because you have to say make me a winner when you answer the phone. So it could be you if you get that bit right and you're in the draw to win it. It's £64,000 by the way, so you need to be there. Text yes to 61025. Text of £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com and online entries are £2. Uh, you can call 0330 and those calls are charged at a standard rate as well. It's over 18s only. All the rules for this network competition are online. Here's the important bit. So if you get the call after 3pm tomorrow, Tuesday the 12th, Answer within five rings. Say, make me a winner. Don't say hello. Don't say, who's this? Make me a winner straight away to win that £64,000. So the entries since Maria won on Friday have rolled over. So you need to get yourself involved. Text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday, Gordon DL, both here, both waiting on you to get in touch on the phones, on Twitter as well. Uh, on Twitter, Pete McHugh says, we're in an age where we can sign players for international advantage, so why not? I'm traditional, preferably I'd rather Scotland had home-based players, but the same as club teams, we're all happy to have non-Scottish based as long as there is success. What about John uh, and Johnson? John, you've been hanging on for ages. I am very sorry. Take it away. That's fine, Gordon. Uh, hi, Gordon and Andy. Hi, John. Um, no, I was on. I was on on Thursday before the game against Cyprus. Uh, enthused about uh, the, the the opportunity we've got, and I heard Andy and the guys speaking about uh, match winners. England have got match winners. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we've got match winners already. Who knew McTominay was going to be a thirty goal a season guy? <laughs> Who knew John McGinn was going to be one of the best midfielders? I know they play with one up front and the onus is obviously on strikers, but we have guys that can turn matches and can win matches. So, being able to beat the likes of Spain, uh, I don't think an England team holds any real fear, to be quite honest. Certainly hope that's the case. Yep, I do. And and, I said earlier, I don't think you can have enough match winners. Uh, And you're right with with some of the quality that England have gotten uh, on show, especially in that sort of attacking areas of the pitch. But I do think 
the, the team that's sort of Steve Clark's built, it's built on just more than that. It's a collective and everyone seems to be chipping in. It doesn't matter who gets the jersey. We've seen Ryan Jack and Kenny McLean and boys like that come in and do well for the country as well. So it just shows how much a strong squad they've got just now. And uh, Like I said, I don't expect there to be many changes tomorrow, but I don't think there's anything to fear. And I think going into tomorrow, I don't know about you, Dazza, but I've said that I'm pretty confident going into it. And I said, rewind the tapes going into the game against Spain. It's a Scotland will get a result in this game and they did. Can we sort of take credit for something? And I didn't get my credit ago. after that, but I'm saying it tomorrow. Scotland will get something out of the game Good tomorrow. Good on you. Yeah, we'll wait till next Monday and we'll have a go. Look, um, I agree. I think everybody's confident just the way we're playing, not conceding, getting goals, even Portis chipping in set plays header. You know, threat everywhere. England have got quality players. Let's not be kidding. It'll be interesting the tactical battle because Steve Clark likes us 3 5 2, three centre backs. England play with two wingers. They play with two guys wide in the areas. They wonder if they'll just be sitting there and let Robertson or Hickey go forward and then try and hit Scotland the, the counter-attack. So tactically, I think it'll be a, a great battle. They've got guys like Harry Kane, who is world-class, you've got to say. It's at Hamden, I think, the way the confidence about the nation, the players, everything, I think it'll be a cracking game. And like Andy, I'm I'm confident, but I'm not going way overconfident. Like you know what, we'll mm. turn up. We will have to play our best tomorrow night. Let's not be kidding, because England are a good good side. Something that's maybe I think maybe a bit forgotten about that two-two Griffiths game because it was it was before Steve Clark. It was under Gordon Strachan. Scotland actually played a back three that day with Kieran Tierney in the back three. That that actually it was a bit of a head of its time. It became much debated after that, and it's now became a real focus of, of what Scotland do um, but it's certainly all working at the moment isn't it Andy? Yeah and, it, and with every game and every camp Scotland have grown more into the sort of system and the style that they're playing and I think Steve Clark's shown for, for a long time now it's his preferred system with the group of players that he's got but it's not a rigid 3-5-2 because how many times do we see Andy Robertson in that left mm. wing position and Aaron Hickey the same and boys supporting the strikers and, and really committing bodies forward and I hope tomorrow similar to what Dazzle was saying I don't I, don't, I hope we're not pinned into that sort of back five and can't get out of half and I don't think we will be to be honest because you know against Spain we've still seen the same Denmark in the qualifying campaign last time we've seen the same and I, I, I'm really hopeful that we go in tomorrow with a, a sort of attacking sense and go and try and take the game to England because they've got failties as well especially at the back and I think that's the area you can hurt them yeah, what, what do you think John on that you know does Scotland mix it up a bit guys like Lewis Ferguson playing in Serie A who's not had a lot of time for Scotland is there is there scope to do that or is this about getting that same team on the pitch and seeing how they can mix it against another, you know, top team? Well, like you've said in the show before, we are, we are, we've won our nation's group, we're in group A and we're in group B. That's true. Right? I, I understand that they're a, a top quality side, but when you, you go against five and a half million of a population up against 120 million of a population, they've got more to choose from. But we are in a position, I use the, the word, we've got a window here with the guys that are playing at the top level, the top of their game. And whether you're a grandparent rule or whatever, it doesn't matter. That That's existed for a long, long time. This isn't just a new phenomenon. Uh, the guys are committing and hopefully success digs success. And these guys that are thinking years ago it used to be they'd go and play for Ireland or they'd go and play for England because they were in major tournaments. Now Scotland are making major tournaments and hopefully more and more quality, top quality players want to turn up for Scotland because 
it can only be good for our nation. Yeah, it's got a strange feel about it tomorrow. That's mm. all confirmed now. This this scenario that we we spoke about last week. Scotland can qualify tomorrow. Yes, in case you're not fully keeping up with these things. Of course, it's just a friendly against England, and that doesn't contribute. But tomorrow evening. Norway host Georgia And if those two draw with each other Scotland are there That's enough to trigger Scotland's qualification Gordon So that even, would, What a night that would be It could even be a better Sort of a four days couldn't it? We're still In this, the high of Friday night We're looking forward to tomorrow night's game And could you imagine by 10 o'clock Norway and Georgia have drawn And we've beaten our old enemy Oh it doesn't get any better does it Andy I think as well We're still we're on course and again, I'm trying not to no, get too ahead. I said, but we're still on course to be top seeds in Euro to, uh, 2024 as well, which would be massive. So, regardless if, if you know Norway and Georgia finish a draw tomorrow, you still want to go and finish strong in the campaign because I think anyone can agree that finishing in Port mm. One going into the into the major tournament would be a, a huge benefit. Uh, maybe just a personal thing, I think, because we keep we kept talking about that scenario, and then you know Scotland had to do their bit first and beat Cyprus, mm. which we did comfortably. I feel like I had maybe talked myself into how likely it was, but now that it's a day away, Norway will beat Georgia at home, won't they? Yeah. Or, yeah. or is that... They should do. Yeah. But just based on what we've seen now? Yeah, look, I, I think the importance of the game for Norway especially as well, Gordon, I think that, yes, they've got quality players, we know one, it's certainly quality. Um, they will have enough. But I, I don't even, I'm not even concerned about that. I think... Our start, 15 points, one goal conceded, the teams we've played, the confidence, the way the guys are playing. We will we will do it whether Norway and Georgia draw tomorrow. Just getting impatient. Georgia have got their own superstar as well. Don't ask me to say his name, by the way. But he's gone, has he gone a bit quiet recently, though? What's his name? Kivaric uh, uh, Shealy. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, well done. I'll well try done. my best with that one. So you fancy a draw tomorrow night, Andy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh, I mean, Spain absolutely ripped them apart the other night. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it. In the rain, mm. funnily enough. I don't know if Georgian players just chucked just in a like... wee 15-year-old as well. Was it 15, the boy, 16? Six, just turned 16. Incredible, really, isn't it? Could be um, Lennon Miller one soon. Well, listen, Scotland have got a few options in there. Certainly wouldn't mind seeing it. But um, yeah, so uh, that's the thing, Gordon, is it? Does, does it not matter to you? You're patient enough. No. Doesn't matter when it comes. It's going to come. Look, I I think that we're in such a position, Gordon, and people go, "Oh, surely Scott." I don't even think that way. Scotland throw it away. We are going forward. This is our time just now. We're playing some good stuff. We've got some great young players in there. Every, you can see the team gelling together. The managers. You've got to give him all the credit in the world. Him and his backroom staff, they're doing a terrific job of that, there's no doubt. He's brought that group together. They're getting results. The confidence of the nation, the supporters are loving it. As Andy said earlier, and I totally agree with him, sometimes we get too negative. Let's embrace it and let's embrace the moment. It's a nice test for the, the back line, Andy, because we spoke about our English Premier League players sort of dotted around the team. Um, but at the moment, two of the back three... One is in the English Championship. He's not gone. He's not been there long, having been in our Premiership. Brian Porteous uh, and Jack Hendry uh, went off to Saudi recently, but they're both performing brilliantly for yeah. for Scotland, aren't they? Yeah, and again, it's still an area of the pitch. I feel we're, we're quite strong. Scott McKenna's in the Premier League. John Shooter's obviously uh, started well personally for Rangers, but I I, I really like the profile of the, of the centre half we've got just now. So talking about going into the game tomorrow, and you want to impose yourself and be a, uh, having a tactic still against England, so. 
been meaning that your defenders are probably going to defend the halfway line, uh, halfway line at times. But I look at you know the mobility of uh, uh, Ryan Portis and Jack Henry and Kieran Tierney's three boys. You can shift. Mm-hmm. I think they're all they're all comfortable in the ball. They can all handle the ball. And I think specifically with Ryan Portis and Jack Henry. Their aerial ability is there for, uh, there for all to see as well. So I think it's a real good profile between the three and I think they blend really well together. But still good competition for places in that area of the pitch as well. Thank you, John. That takes us up nicely to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. A real interesting option for you tonight. You've got Andy Halliday, who very rarely loses at Beat the Pundit, and Gordon DL, who very rarely wins. That beat the pundit. So if you, well, this season's been the, the last three gonna, games, three victories. What about the three before that? Uh, couple of draws. No, 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 no. And they poor. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Beat the pundits next. Lines close at seven. Tackle the headlines. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Gordon DL both here, both waiting for you to get in touch. Either Twitter or the phones is the best way. Well, the phone's definitely the best way. 01419511025. Uh, so get your thoughts over. Lots being said about Scotland, England tomorrow. How confident should Scotland be now? How serious will Steve Clark take it in terms of team selection? Will there be any rotation being done given it is apparently a friendly uh, and it's the second part of a double header? Anything else going into that game? Harvey Barnes. Is that something you'd be open to him switching his allegiance? We don't yet know if Elliot Anderson's going to which way he's going to go. Uh, so keep your calls coming in, and if you want to use this opportunity, while it is a bit quieter to get a domestic football point across to these two, you can do that as well. But let's play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. TheScottishSun.co.uk/slash/football. Right. Beat the pundit time This is interesting Andy Haldy's been in Ibiza All weekend I don't know what his standard Is going to be like It's not ideal preparation Gordon DL Well you never quite know uh, What you're going to get From him either So let's bring in Tonight's contestant Who's Callum How's it going Callum? Not bad yourself Not bad Not bad Have you ever played before? I haven't no Right and how do you do at home? Uh, sometimes I do good Sometimes I don't do very well <laughs> I know how you feel Callum That's, that's, um, that's, a that's real, my yeah, camp That's pretty much you in a nutshell Yeah isn't it? sometimes I'm good Sometimes I'm pretty bad Yeah, I'm glad you said that You could have chosen a, a different word there you, yeah. had me, you had me worried I must say uh, Andy's usually very good I have to say But he doesn't he's strike bit, he's, yeah, a he's a on nervous edge. tonight No yeah. no, 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 no nervous Yeah, yeah. you kept saying I hope it's not me I hope it's not me Heads it will be That's the exact same impression he does for Mark Wilson though when yeah. he's on you so I don't know Do you know confident either no Wilson's no it's been the same it was the same voice and stuff I've, like that I've got the same <laughs> I've got the same voices for everybody. heads it is Andy tails it is Gordon DL and it is Mr Ibiza returning its heads Andy up against <sighs> come Callum. on Callum so let's go <laughs> let's go Callum that's it I like your thoughts what? you're supposed to be on my team no no I like Callum what we'll do is give Andy some greatest hits radio to listen to turn it up nice and loud please so that he can't hear us we'll go 30 seconds oh he's, he's delighted with the standard of music I can tell you that Callum right 30 seconds answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer alright yeah that's fine let's go time starts now what club did Gary O'Connor join after leaving Hibs in 2006? East Fife. Name the manager that connects Aloha, St Mirren, Hibs and Dundee United. Neil McCann. Who's the current manager of Wraith Rovers? 
Pass. Celtic's Paolo Bernardo is on loan from which club? Porto. Who scored Scotland's second against Cyprus? John McGann. What Australian team did New Hibs manager Nick Montgomery manage? Six. Okay. Let's bring him back. Andy Halliday. Yeah. You're, yes. in, you're in for a 10 here. Oh, Cincy. They're in for a 10. You Get- two, do you know what I'm really disappointed in? Because obviously we are live streaming now, right? In case anyone hasn't heard, you can watch uh-huh. us on YouTube and Facebook. But I think the camera's fixed on me yeah. because I'm reading the questions. Uh-huh. You, Some of your dance moves there oh, were right. dis- good. But good music. What was that song? I just, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> What is it? Which oh, it, was a cla- it was a classic Celtic song. It was on. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You probably don't genuinely I'd... don't even remember that. <laughs> no, I don't. Because I believe that. The, the, the audience won't believe it. I believe that because I know you. But I, just... pers- I, just, I was catchy. I was singing. I was singing. Did you notice mood. Andy wasn't singing though? That was the point. I wonder why he gave me the stare. I was a bit concerned about <laughs> it. Uh, right. Come on. Yeah, let's get... go. Easy. Same easy. set of questions to Andy. Thirty seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. What club did Gary O'Connor join after leaving Hibs in 2006? Uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. Name the manager that connects Alloa, St Mirren, Hibs and Dundee United. Ian Murray. Who is the current manager of Wraith Rovers? <laughs> Ian Murray. Celtics, Celtics Paolo Bernardo is on loan from which club? Benfica. Who scored Scotland second against Cyprus? Uh, Portis. What Australian team did new Hibs manager Central Coast Miners. manage? Which SPFL side are nicknamed the Beanos? Falkirk. Ah, it's the first nickname. The first. Oh, oh, it's no. Stanley Nelson. Can he get nicknames? Thought he had it right. He did. I was going to say it's the first nickname I know. I'll tell you what. I ah. thought you were going to say Murray. Oh, Callum. Can he get nicknames? Callum, Callum, Callum. He couldn't. He got to win that. What do you think? Done about seven two. Oh, Callum, you weren't as confident as I thought you were going to be. Let's find out. <laughs> this is this can go one of two ways, right? It's which club CSK did did, did not? Which club did Gary O'Connor leave after joining Hibs? Real different answers here. Andy said Locomotive well, Moscow. I was going to go Birmingham, but CSK he didn't. Gary Moscow. said East Fife. <laughs> <laughs> Similar. CSK. Yeah, a big move from Hibs up to Methyl. It is Locomotive Moscow. Ah, 1-0 well Andy Haldy. It was not East Fife, here's, shockingly. Here's to Lee Murray. Right, this is, where it got a bit, this is where it got weird. The manager that connects Alawa, St Mirren, Hibs and Dundee United. Jack Ross. St Mirren Jack and Alloa, Ross. wasn't he? Jack Ross. Nah, when I got that. What? No, we I got that. None of you got it. The, then the current manager of Wraith Rovers is Ian Murray, which awkwardly was your wrong answer to the previous uh, one. There's so a Stewart's inquiry. 2 0 Andy Halliday. Paolo Bernardo was on loan from Benfica. 3 mm. 0 Andy Halliday. Is Callum, what, is Callum playing? He is. Um, Callum, you also. Did you miss any go 2 out of 2? <laughs> Ryan Portis get the second John McGinn was the third Callum oh, I can't oh, Cal- believe it's happening Callum, here hang up. Callum's on a zero uh, hang however, up Callum however he knew that Nick Montgomery came from Central Coast Mariners so he got one on the board but it's a what is that 5-1 to Andy and he even had time to get the Beano's wrong think he had got, got it right, right. and then realised it was wrong can he get nicknames ever the Bairns is Falkirk the Bairns Bairns aye no I know you said that I know that Callum I've had an absolute stinker Apologies oh, boys nah. Don't you need to apologise you got, you got one mate uh, uh, Listen A lot of people have lost Andy Halliday in their time Hard lines Callum uh, Thank you Good man There we go Callum in air I don't even think you were at your best there That's no, just disappointing about that I wasn't impressive I was, I was I'm, not, I'm really not happy up. with the nicknames Because I know that you're purposely putting them in every Monday now Because mm. you know I struggle with them Do you know what, like any 
No, like I know a few, but it would it would really need to click. But it's a, it's a weak point. How like, what are we talking down the leagues and, and stadiums? stadiums like you get as like well. the Steel Men, Motherwell, right? Mm. Okay, Rangers. <laughs> oh, there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm not. not I, don't that's <laughs> I don't know if that's a road. I don't know if that's a road. Quite frankly, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That is the number you need. We're probably not quite done on the Scotland England discussion yet. But if you want to turn, talk about something else, please do. Hibs have a new manager. Like, to, in case you hadn't heard, don't beat the pundit. Uh, like to hear from you, Hibs fans. I think we will speak to one uh, fairly soon because it's always interesting when one of our big clubs makes a new managerial. Uh, appointment uh, So get in touch Yeah Let us know what is on your mind This evening We could I suppose Whilst you get your calls in Hear a bit more uh, From the managers Ahead of tomorrow uh, I like this This is interesting From The opposition Manager Gareth Southgate Who claims He used to be a Scotland fan Back in his youth Well my first memory is Some of your mates Nicking the goalposts At Wembley Um <laughs> So I'm back to 77. It, you know, when I was growing up, there was only the FA Cup final and the home internationals that were live on television. So it was the only game we saw, really. Um, I actually was, I mean, this is horrendous what I'm going to say here ahead of tomorrow, but I was supporting Scotland in 1978 because obviously we hadn't qualified. Um, so I kind of followed that through the trauma of Peru and uh, the Netherlands. Um and then we were back in in '82, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, it, for, for me then onwards, it was uh, it was all about England. But uh, yeah, um, great fixtures. I've met so many of the former players over the years. The, worked with some of them, played with some of them. So uh, it's a fabulous game. It's a great. I know there's a rivalry, and I know people will, will be wary of it crossing a boundary. But it's a brilliant sporting rivalry, and uh, it's a great game to be involved in. Listen, I'm sure all Scotland fans do. They do the reverse, don't they? When England mm-hmm. are at a tournament and we're not, we support them, don't we? <laughs> when I was younger, I did. You would, but yeah, not, liked, not, I, I liked, don't know if many people do I, I that. I like the players. I've got mm. to say, uh, they'd some great. I know, players. but you're you're, like, you're you're different. Do you know that's that's very refreshing and honest, isn't it? You know, England manager. Come out and say that. Ah, oh, come on. There's well no room done. for the Mr. Nice Guy routine in well this horrible, like, cynical like, game not that we love. Tomorrow night, I anyway. like Southgate. I, I do. I like the way he handles it. But um, I tell you what, he's improved England. You know, Still the, comes under a lot of criticism, though, doesn't I it? I know that because of expectations. But he's improved them and he's changed the sort of. Uh, I think he has. Yes. And, but yeah. is, he, is he doing enough with that group of players, though? Because that's what. Doesn't make any difference to me, quite obviously, but that's the stick that he gets. It's all right saying, you know, that's where international football is a bit different, you know, because as a manager improved a team. But what if the players have just got much better that he can select from? Is he is he getting the most out of that group of players? Forget yeah, tomorrow, right? If you go back to the Russia uh, World Cup in Russia, uh, Southgate England played by wing backs, and most of their goals came from set plays. You go to Qatar this year, he plays with out and out wingers. And most of his goals come from open play, right? Because he's seen the strength. He's brought in a lot of young players. But that's my point. Those players are better now and are, and yeah. are, are available with, that weren't available at Russia but 2018. But he's always knocking about, round about the, the later stages and he should because of the Absolutely. squad he's got. Of course, we'll all agree with that, Gordon. But, and they'll tell you in football, it doesn't matter what competition, especially in, in, in World Cups and European Championships. They're very difficult to win because a lot of quality, quality sides there when you get to the later stages of the tournament. Of course they are. Um, 
has he, for me, has he done a good job at England? Yeah, I would say he has. Uh, I like the way he goes about his business. He's worked at every level at England. He's worked his way up. He knows it from inside out. Um, for me, he's worked his apprenticeship in the international scene. But you know what like the England fans are. Um, they expect another World Cup. They expect to win every final. Of course they do. But I think he's doing a good job. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult. I, I think he is as well, to be fair. I mean, he got to the Euro final. Uh, I did fans think to go and beat Italy, to be mm. honest, which they never. And then I think they go in the World Cup to the only team that I'd argue have got a better squad than them in France. So uh, if you're taking the basis off the last two, Major tournaments, I would say he's, he's doing really yeah. well, to be honest. But listen, the pull-up players they've got, Jude Bellingham, for me, is fast becoming the best midfielder in the world. Not right now, but I think in time he will be. Uh, and I think they've got quality throughout the pitch. So uh, I, I think their age bracket, and the, the, the sort of age profile, a lot of their squad now is really young. That You can see them playing sort of the next couple of tournaments. So uh, you know, we'll see how they got on over the, that time. But it'll not be the next one because Scotland will be winning that, won't they? Oh. I'm sure you've heard that um, England are using Rangers Training Centre as, yeah. as preparation for tomorrow. Do you think Bellingham uh, is getting selfies in front of Halliday's old locker, his old oh, peg? He might be. Using could be. That. Genuinely sure could that. be. He might you be never using know. your peg. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Where was your peg as you sort of looked round? I'll scan uh, the photos and see. Halfway, the in the shower. <laughs> halfway on the left. Right. That's changing room is just behind Stephen Gerrard where he sat most Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> train like your place <laughs> sort of thing exactly um, oh, you get behind me Andy oh, I must admit I was enjoying my weekend off and I thought you know I'll try and do the whole family man routine I won't get too caught up in Twitter this weekend and then I opened it to see a debate as to whether England should or shouldn't be allowed uh, to train at Rangers training ground and I thought oh that's enough for me I'll deal with that never maybe why not What's, why would they not be allowed to train? Oh, because we, we should, should have, have sent them to Johnson Borough. Make them train down Strathclyde Park or something, I think was the. For uh, some teen, people, other people don't Park. care, or I don't know. That's He's obsessed it. with the Benz these days. Oh, the Benz? I'm a Benz, I'm a Benz fan now. I, well, when I was at Rangers, that's where all the young players used to go to Benz. Yeah, just down the road, I'm They were a feeding club. Your brother played there? Yeah, my little brother plays for them, yeah. So I've got to support them. They used to have a lovely pitch. Is it Arthur Tuff? That's right. So it's lovely, but. What is it? What is it? Hugh Keevens calls it? To Bob Carpet. Oh, he's not. He's not a fan, <laughs> is he? I think theirs is probably all right, actually. Nah, but anyway, bad. Uh, right. Let's bring in Ross on tomorrow. What are you thinking, Ross? Hey, hi, Gordon. Andy and Gordon, you're all well. Good, thanks. Um, just a quick one on watching the Masters at the weekend. I think the Celtic right back. I think Mark Wilson could still do a job gotcha. for the squad. So. Oh, <laughs> Ross. That's not the feedback I got for the dazzle oh. coming in today. I thought he was all right. Oh, I thought he man. was dependable. I, he, if that's he, the word that I could offer. He just. Do you know what he he, he drank about three gallons of water to try and lose a wee bit of weight, right? To make himself look good. If you watch him, he runs about and does nothing, right? He he does it. I don't know how he made it as a as a footballer. He had a good career, no? He did unbelievable. I I'd <laughs> like Celtic must have been some team to play with ten most weeks. I don't know what the stats were if they do this at the Masters. I think he covered the most. Carpet That's what out I'm of saying. everyone else. He he's runs. putting himself about. He'd have been better like with a Hoover. He'd have done better. <laughs> he runs, he just runs about and doesn't he get, he looks, do you know what? He looks busy. I tell like, you what, that's everything in the Masters tournament. He not? looks busy. That's a what bit he does. energy in there. Anyway, Ross, look, I, I've seen all sorts. I mean, I must admit, I watched it, enjoyed it, and then I saw suggestions that Gary Hooper should maybe be signed again by Celtic, and I thought, right, I, I think we're taking this a bit far. No offence to Gary if he's listening. 
Yeah, no, I think we are. I think we're a bit further up. Um, but no, my point on the game tomorrow, I think Scotland are at a stage now where we can now go and compete with teams like Spain and stuff and Norway. But I think tomorrow, for the first time, they probably the pressure's on Scotland to go and actually beat England. And I think we're going into this game as favourites. And I think if Scotland do go on and win tomorrow, it just shows teams that Scotland are no longer a wee nation. We're a nation now that can go and compete. And, and compete with big teams like Spain, England um, and as I say teams like Norway that have got Haaland these, these are teams that Scotland are more than capable of beating Yeah I wonder about that I wonder if there's ever been or when the last time there was this level of optimism for a, for Scotland going into an England game and what, what that does to the psychology and to be fair I don't think there was a lot of optimism going into the one at the Euros a cut a year ago and you managed to get a 0-0 draw that's true and it was at Wembley yeah and then even the game at Hamden going into that and it, it finishes mm-hmm. two each if it wasn't for a last minute hurricane goal so uh, you know, I think Why going into the game Armstrong is not just cleared oh, anyway, like, still again. talked that's, just like, that's nearly talked about as much my tackle on Callum McGregor by the way <laughs> but uh, yeah I think saying my favourites going into the game tomorrow is probably a little bit of a stretch, but again, no, I stress it. I don't think there's there's too much fear going into it. And I, in terms of a spectacle, of it, eliminate being Scottish or English or whatever, I'm really looking forward to it as a neutral because it will be a great gauge to see where Scotland are just now. When you look at the next three fixtures, you've got England, Spain again away, and then France in a friendly. So if you're going to you know, if you want to go to Euro 2024 and you want to make a mark on the tournament, I think games like this are so important in the build up to it. So it'll, it'll be a great case to see. I, th- I think these that's nations. the biggest point, and I think that tomorrow night we've got to look and see where we are because you mentioned it. You're talking about an England team that got to the final of the Euros. You're right. I think France was the best squad that beat them the World Cup because they could have went all the way and easily won that. There's no doubt of that. So I think it's a great test for us tomorrow night. We'll get in bags of confidence. Of course we will. Everybody will want to play in it. The fans will be, they'll be there by four o'clock in the afternoon trying to get in the gates. Um, it's just a great, great entertainment spectacle. Everything about it. And I think everybody's looking forward to it. And I think Steve Clark says it. He says, look, we really want to put ourselves up against the best. And you mentioned those three games coming up, quality sides. Let's see where we are. Let's test ourselves against the best. Does that mean playing pretty much that same team as the other night, Ross? Yeah, I think so. I don't think we should change it. I know it's on left friendly and stuff, but I think if you're going to go and compete with teams like England, why not get with the best squad? And I think tomorrow, I think, Andy, I think it was Andy that said it, I think the only change I think might happen, might be London Dykes comes in. Um, but apart from that, I, I would definitely go with the same team again because I do generally think Scotland could easily take about three off England tomorrow. Oh wow! <sighs> we did. I, I remember the tone at the start of the show mm. saying, "Right, well, you, we won't get carried away." That's what they used to do. Mm. Oh, listen, if, if Ross is right, he's more than welcome to come back if on Scotland and brag take about it. Three off England. Ross must phone back on Wednesday. Because oh, it would be one of the best predictions the show's ever seen. Incredible, Ross. We will wait and see. Uh, settle for a one at the moment. Thank you very much to Ross. I love this. There, there is no hiding place for you to. Mm. And obviously, I'm always flicking through Twitter as the show goes. How quick is this? I've just seen a headline, right, um, that pop up on Twitter. Andy Halliday reckons Harvey Barnes could be the final piece of the jigsaw for Scotland and their answer to Gareth Bale. There's an article being published already. <laughs> <laughs> Based on what you said, I don't know, 20 uh, minutes ago, uh, half an hour ago. Uh, well, there we go. Because you know what, it hooked me in at first because before I clicked the article, it just said Harvey Barnes can be Scotland's Gareth Bale as pundit plays down commitment oh. concerns. And I thought, 
Which pundit said that And then I clicked on it So it was me <laughs> Anyway Right Before we go any further Let me tell you about this Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scotland Updates right. With Moyer and Sweeney Litigation The top team For your defence We are of course Backing Scotland All the way To Euro 2024 In Germany Hopefully it's official Very soon And thanks to Moyer And Sweeney Litigation We're going to follow The men's national team Throughout the campaign It continues tomorrow Andrew McLean From Cyprus To Hamden Building up To the match Against England If you go to Clyde1.com Right now There's the chance there To win a 70 inch 4K HD TV to watch all the action on when we eventually make it to the Euros if you can't get over there. So thanks again to Moir and Sweeney Litigation and I'll get a full-time teaser for these two next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon Deal and Andy Halliday are here It's 0141-951-1025 uh, I'm going to give you guys a full-time teaser uh, right now So let's get that question up and running The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride Teaming up with you for fast turnarounds and competitive prices No shock, the theme of tonight's question Because it's the old enemy clash tomorrow Can you name, very straightforward question as well can you name the top five most capped men's players for both Scotland and England? So ten names in total. Can you name the top five most capped men's players for both Scotland and England? Douglish. <laughs> yes, nice easy one for you. Just 102 caps. Jim Layton. Yep. Doing these in order, that's impressive. Um, David Weir. Nope. Kenny Miller. Nope. Alan Hansen. Oh, that's, that's a ridiculous start. Is it? Of all the obvious ones. I thought I, I really thought David Weir was in it. Had like eighty five. What about English ones? Uh, uh, right, English. Shelton. Yep. Yeah. Um, Rooney. Yep. Okay. Listen, we'll leave it there, and you can. I'll leave it with you. Cause I'm going to do something a bit different. Even Gerard Marshfield. Yeah. Yes. But we'll leave it there. <laughs> um, we're going to do something a bit different, so you can have as much thinking time as you like. Thanks again uh, to Jamie McCutcheon for sending that one in, and if you want to hear your questions on the show, it's full time at. Clyde1.com So keep those questions coming in Please Right Whilst you two get your thinking caps on Something a bit different uh, On Clyde1 Super Scoreboard From the usual uh, madness But something To be quite frank Much more important than any of that stuff I don't know If you've noticed That it is in fact Suicide Prevention Week Now Obviously That is something that we feel very strongly about on here because we're well aware of the, the sort of obvious links to football and suicide being the biggest killer of men under 45 and the stats are, are I mean, alarming doesn't even uh, cover it. So we're going to try and shine a bit of a light on that this week. We, we do things like this from time to time uh, because we believe really that the, the sort of power of football and bringing everyone together and, and fans listening, maybe we could even make a tiny bit of difference. And actually a lot of the messages that, that I receive on a kind of weekly basis on social media uh, backs that up So with that in mind tonight I'm pleased to say we're joined by uh, Nicky Reid Who's the CEO of the SPFL Trust uh, Nicky was also involved with the National Suicide Prevention Leadership Group uh, Nicky, how are you? Thanks for joining us I'm well, thanks guys, thanks for having me Yeah, not a problem, thank you I think you're hopefully um, going to do us a, a good turn in explaining Just how, I suppose to kick us off Nicky how, how important can football be in tackling this you know major issue that affects so many people 
Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. It's probably not an obvious one for some people and maybe some of your listeners, but actually uh, I'm, I'm preaching to the converted and we know that football plays a really unique role in Scottish society. It's a great leveller and there are very few places where men particularly will sit shoulder to shoulder and have a conversation anymore. You know, times have changed. And actually what football does is allow the opportunity to have some of those conversations to open up, um, but also it provides the opportunity to come in and take part in initiatives and programmes that, you know, to be perfectly honest, most people might not feel comfortable engaging with things at, you know, the GP or a job centre, depends on what it might be. And so football really creates the platform for us to be able to to do some of these things and actually some really, really important conversations to be had. And what what type of vehicle can can football ve- can football be? I mean, what what type of things do the SPFL Trust do to try and and make people just feel that bit more comfortable and, and dealing with these issues that they might otherwise, you know, be kind of keeping locked away? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is to highlight that word you've just said around comfortable. Um, and so one of the things that we've done, and we did that with some funding from the Chris Mitchell Foundation, and we might go on to talk about that, but um, we've funded uh, free mental health awareness training for over four or 500 people involved in football clubs up and down Scotland, and that's entirely for free. And really that's to train people in stadiums and clubs to just feel more comfortable to have a conversation with somebody. It might be a coach, it might be a fellow player, it might be a parent on the sidelines on a Saturday, um, it might even be some of our young people, um, just to be able to have a conversation and know how to signpost people to whatever support might be best needed. Because let's face it, guys, it's a scary thought to have that conversation with somebody that you think might be struggling. So anything we can do there is helpful. And then we also run a programme with Sam H called The Changing Room, um, which brings men into stadium and they get to do some classroom-based sessions around their mental health and wellbeing. And then they go off and they have a kickabout. So, you know, that that's a great evening, especially if you're somebody who might be needing a wee bit of extra support. Yeah, so, I mean, you... you touched on there that you you know previously were involved at Falkirk and that you know we're talking sort of elite level football here um or you know professional level football a club that was you know hit really really hard by this sort of thing what what was that time like and, and what can we sort of learn from that yeah, I mean, um, I worked with Chris. I was working at the club when Chris was a player in the academy, along with the likes of Scotty Arfield and Tam Scobie and names I'm sure people will be familiar with. Um, just doing our own thing in the Learning Centre and our, our, my path crossed with his family um, years later after he very sadly took his own life. And um, I think, firstly, it's important to say that things have definitely got better. I mean, even having this conversation with you guys on air probably wouldn't have happened 10, 15 years ago. Um but I still think there's, you know, there's more to be done, and I think we need to be conscious that um, individuals, footballers, coaches, parents, whatever it may be, they're people in the round, and we have to be aware that, you know, not everybody's okay all of the time, and we need to make sure that we're creating spaces where it's okay for people to ask about that, and also for people to feel comfortable having those conversations. And you know, I think we also have to stress that. Um, people who may be um, considering suicide, um, you know, it's a really complex thing and it's not for us all to have all the answers and I realise it can be a bit daunting to think about having that conversation with people but it really is enough just to start the conversation and ask somebody how they're doing and what a great place to be able to do that when you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with somebody on a Saturday afternoon, maybe the same person you've been sitting next to for the last 15 years as a season ticket holder. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, that we mentioned Falkirk, that's like, you know, a professional level, um, in terms of, for the majority of our listeners, how important can that be to almost, you know, use whether it be five-a-side football or grassroots football or whatever it may be, to, to you know, use that as a 
an avenue you know, down which they could perhaps get any help they think they might need? Definitely. Well, I mean, look, we know from a lot of the work that goes on at the SPFL Trust that um, people are far more interested in taking part in programmes of support. If they're going through a stadium, if they're going onto a pitch, if they're kicking a ball around, if that's the focus of things rather than the issue that they're dealing with. So, you know, we know that there are 4.5 million people who live within 10 miles of an SPFL ground. Um, that's an awful lot of the population. And so football has this reach around the country unlike anything else. And I think, you know, we've got a responsibility to use every um, opportunity within that to, to engage and to support communities. Because let's face it, guys, you know, football is nothing without the communities around them. And that goes for a grassroots club in the middle of nowhere to, you know, um, a Rangers or Celtic in the middle of Glasgow. Yeah, and, you know, Nikki, in your time at the SPFL Trust, have you have you noticed, I, I don't know... I, an improvement, if, if that's such a thing. The stats are still pretty alarming across the board, but in terms of, you know, football players or people involved at football clubs, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think so, and we see more people talking about. It. Obviously, um, Chris Boyd's doing some of his stuff around that. We um, sponsor the SPFL Trust Trophy, and last year we were just doing a, a press conference for one of the draws, and uh, completely unbeknown to us, uh, Brian Graham, part of this player um, opened up because that particular round of the draw we were focusing on suicide awareness suicide prevention and he you know had a conversation with the press about his brother's suicide Daniel was 39 and you know that never would have happened before so I think definitely things are improving and I think certainly the stats are not great and I think there's much more that needs to be done but in terms of us creating a space within football to have the conversations and people to start to feel safe and to know that they could get support through the local club then that definitely is is on the improvement and I think we will just keep working really hard to make sure that we do all we can um, because as you say the stats are alarming and I think ev- you know it's everybody's business you know we can all ask somebody how they're doing today Is it... <laughs> Is it you know maybe being open minded to the fact that that conversation can sort of come out of the blue and, and happen in places you least expect it? Because genuinely, the one bit of this job I probably wasn't prepared for, and you would come on every night and would argue about which referee has a conspiracy theory against your team and so on. Um, but was that genuinely every time we have these discussions, someone more than one person will send me a message in the next couple of days and say do you know what, that really that really spoke to me. I thought about taking more life last week or I've been really struggling because of X, Y and Z and actually hearing that just sort of made me realise other people are having the same issues and, you know, I'm going to speak to someone about it or, or whatever. You know, I feel like, and that, again, this is probably not the place you expect to get the inspiration for that that conversation. How, how important can that side of it be? I mean, it's so important. These are difficult things for people to talk about. And, you know, football for many is a a safe space where, you know, everything's kind of the same. There's a bit of um, routine to it. And, you know, going to see the same people and the same faces. And um, all it takes is for somebody to have that, you know, this conversation between you and I and for someone to go, actually, do you know what? I never thought about speaking to my football club about that. I never thought about the fact that there might be other people just like me who are, are feeling the same. And I think we then have a responsibility to just be able to direct you know those people to to support and and that is far easier to do than people think and you know I recently asked somebody um in the football world um who had been struggling I for the first time actually directly asked the question about whether or not they were feeling suicidal at that particular point and I've been working at the trust for 10 years and I was on the suicide prevention leadership group and I hadn't ever actually had to ask the direct question and even been involved in all those things I still felt really nervous doing it 
I knew it was the right thing to do, and we were able to provide, you know, support um, accordingly. So, you know, I just think it's being aware that we're all human beings at the end of the day, aren't we? And, you know, it sounds a bit cliched, but being kind, asking how somebody is, and, you know, often the best thing to do is just talk. And so if you can lend an ear and steer someone in the direction of, um, you know, Samaritan's phone line is a really good one. I would have a chat with the local GP. There are sports chaplains within the majority of the football clubs. There are mental health first aid trainers in the majority of, I think, in all SPFL football clubs now. Um, so there will be somebody in our neck of the woods who will be able to, you know, send somebody uh, in the direction of support. Yeah, obviously, look, we're trying to speak to football fans, Andy. Uh, I do wonder, though, because hopefully things are moving on pretty quickly as an active top flight football in 2023 do you feel like you could go and speak to someone at, within a dressing room at a football club if things were getting too heavy yeah yeah I definitely think so and I think that's where we've grown as a nation over the last sort of 5, 10, 15 years because I don't think that would have been the case over a decade ago I think uh Growing up as a young footballer in Scotland, I think you're always showing, you know, showing your emotion at that age is a sign of weakness and you sort of take that through your your adulthood. But like everyone says, it's okay not to be okay. And I think, you know, with the uh, the likes of the National Suicide Prevention Leadership Group with Nikki and, and, and other suicide groups up and down the country, I think it's a great platform for people to, to just speak to people, you know, provide a, a, a helping hand in just a conversation. And I'm sure Nikki will say if, if it saves one life, it's it's worth it. But, you know, hopefully and it can lead to many more because the stats are certainly alarming. Nicky, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. If that's the right word, we'd rather it was about something, obviously, uh, maybe a bit happier, different circumstances, but, you know, more important than anything, really. So thanks for taking the time. No bother. And I'll chuck Darren Fletcher into the mix for your Scotland caps, if I'm allowed. Oh, oh I can't believe he's... I like oh, it, I cannot, but let me, let me check my list. See if <laughs> Nicky's oh, never well getting done, back Nikki. on this phone again, if that's... If we've had it... Oh, she had, oh, she had she? as well. A oh, nightmare. What a nightmare. Damn, I was going to say... Cut her off. Down there. Cut her off now. Thank you very much. That was Nikki, uh, oh, who's the CEO one. of the SPFL Trust as well. Uh, and and like I said, I suppose that 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 kind of ten seconds there sums it up. It's it's all right to sort of go from having a bit of a laugh and a bit of banter about football to talking about things that are really serious. And, and we try and strike that balance sometimes. So, um, you know, Nikki mentions if you're anyone out there like that speaks to you in any sort of way, uh, feel feel. Easy for me to say. Please feel free to even even call here, send us a message. I get that a lot. It's not that we're experts by any stretch of the imagination, but we could hopefully point you in the right direction. So, uh, with that in mind, we'll take a breather and take more of your calls next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Gordon DL are here. I, I like to think people, you know, really keep a close eye on the stream because I noticed there um, that the stream starts just before we start speaking. I can see you fist pumping and doing this sort of stuff. And it's all because you're just describing something that you did in the golf course. Like that's no, just your life. No, I was saying to Andy, I've got one in the teaser. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, the question was thanks to Jamie McCutcheon for sending it. Straightforward, the five most capped England and men's, uh, England and Scotland men's players. So five from each, Dalglish and Leighton. You've got, you've got Shilton, Rooney and Gerard. I'll give you McLeish, must be one. Yeah, and of course, Nicky, who was just on the phone, gave you one. Yeah. And Fletcher. Damn Fletcher. So that's three to get. We'll get them before the end of the show. Now, we've done lots of discussion on Scotland today, but there was a big development. Uh, if you only get... No, you've got three to get, no? No, I've got two. Oh, right, okay. Uh, big development on the club front today, and it's that one of our most prominent clubs uh, has got a new manager, and it is Nick Montgomery, who's the new manager of Hibs. Uh, what did you make of it on the, the face of it, Gordon Deal? Um, 
didn't see it coming, obviously. I didn't know a lot about him. Um, but I think Brian McDermott, um, with his time in England, knows him. Um, he had a good playing career. I liked the way he spoke today. I was listening to his interviews, Gordon. I thought it was very positive. Um, he's obviously new to management. He's not had a great deal of experience, but very successful over in Australia. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what he brings to Easter Road because I keep going back to it from the first day I went there against St Mirren. There's 17,500 supporters in there. Massive hip support as well. So it's a big club that if you get it going the right way, like Hearts, as Andy will know, it's a very good club to be in charge of. Um, they just need to settle everything down. But the most important thing for him is he needs to get results. Um, it's been poor so far. And obviously the reason why Lee Johnston loses his job and he's now got the opportunity. So I'm very interesting to see what interested to see what he's got to bring to the party. Right, you might not have seen it coming. But I'm gonna bring in Harry, who's a Hibs fan on the line. How's it going, Harry? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? My memory's limited sometimes, but am I not right in saying we had you on before to discuss Hibbs managerial vacancy and I asked you who do you think should be the next Hibbs manager and your reply was Nick Montgomery You saw it coming Harry <laughs> Get the lottery numbers over to us Please You got your wish I take it you're happy Yeah no I'm absolutely delighted um, I think as, as I said last time I was on I think the squad's in a good place And I think that with Brian McDermott there I think that recruitment's going to be pretty safe For years to come We were just missing the manager And I think in terms of everything we'd want Up and coming Focus on youth Develop the players that we've got at the club I think Nick Montgomery ticks all the boxes Yeah I mean Andy look obviously you can state the obvious You're a Hearts player You hope he's rubbish Which yep. is fine um, But with your punditry hat on That's his That is literally his punditry mm -hmm. hat he's, he's wearing by the way um, That's why he's got a big P <laughs> on the front <laughs> No I, I stand that. for something else um, The it's, it's an interesting appointment isn't it? Yeah really young new coach I think he's only 41 uh, years of age uh, He's been at Central Coast for, for a number of years though Obviously like I touched on earlier Started in the in the Youth Academy uh, Seems for reports It sort of revitalised How the, the Youth Academy Was perceived there I think there was There was almost a dozen I think I read That um, youth players Came from the Academy off, uh, uh, Sorry off the back Of the last sort of Three four years He was involved Then ends up getting the uh, Getting the job As the manager And, uh, and managed to finish as, a, uh, as the champions Last year So it seems as if he's He's a, he ticks a lot of boxes, obviously, especially for Hibs, and, and seems like a very, very different character to Lee Johnson. Even as a player, he was a sort of leader in his uh, in his group at sort of Sheffield United. He was very sort of headstrong and led for the field. So I don't think that's going to be any different as a coach. So I think everything that sort of Hibs fans have been looking for in terms of you know a change in mentality within the squad and obviously more uh, emphasis back on the the youth system mm. being. Uh, being used, it seems as if he sort of fits that bill. What about Lee Johnson going straight back into the job? By the way, unbelievable. Anyway, that's that's maybe for another day. Um, he just swapped a tracksuit badge. Uh, I uh, want to know how Harry knew Nick Montgomery as uh, the next manager. The name, ha the, I'll tell you what, Harry. The name has been tentatively linked with a number of Premiership jobs recently, hasn't it? Because I remember the Motherwell job, which obviously I would pay close attention to. Um, it was you know sort of mentioned. I feel like it's been kind of coming that. A Scottish club eventually would would try. Is that is that fair? Yeah, um, from my point of view, like we were doing a live podcast and someone commented to the name Nick Montgomery. And being honest, when I when I first heard, it, I had no clue who he was. I just kind of read into it, and then he's done a few like the coach's voice and a couple of podcasts with the fan channels over there. He's just a really inspiring guy. Um, literally, 
one of those guys that just kind of captivates you as soon as he starts speaking. There was a clip that you probably can't play live because it's got a few swear <laughs> words in there. Um, but there was a really uh, impassioned uh, speech. I think it was ahead of the last game last season. And he's just a leader. I think it's exactly what Hibs need at the moment. So, yeah, just fills me with confidence. What do Hibs need to do to be the right fit for him, though, rather than the other way around? I think the thing is with him I think because of his personality I think the fan base Are going to get behind him Right away I think with Lee Johnson Because he was a bit um, Eccentric Let's say um, The fans didn't really Take to him But all all the comments I've seen From the Hibs channels And stuff so far Is really positive And then It's nice Seeing the fans Of Central Coast Marina Being like he's always Been destined for bigger things Happy for him to move It's not like Oh you've got yourself This unlucky Etc mm-hmm. It's just Everything's positive It's strange Because being a Hibs fan You're not used to All the right signs Being there at once But it feels like it is What does he need to achieve then Or do Because um, I feel like we just have This age old Routine of saying A new manager needs time Then the new manager Doesn't get time And therefore It's another new manager Thereafter And on and on we go You know On one hand Hibs need to stop Sacking managers I'm sure you'll agree But then if they're not Doing a good enough job You sack them So What's the What needs to happen success-wise? I don't know if it's controversial, but I don't think we needed to stop sacking managers. I think we need to stop appointing the wrong ones. Um, as, I, as I've said before, I think that um, the squad is good enough. I think that the setup at the club is good enough. And I think that any manager worth their salt should be minimum uh, getting fifth place. But I think with the state of Aberdeen and Hearts at the moment, I think that third should be the goal. And if we can get ourselves a cheeky cup run, if we can beat uh, St Mern in a few weeks, then that would be a wee bonus. Um, I think he's a big job to do I think Hibs are very They're a soft touch for me I've watched him a few times I've watched him against St Mirren I went to Fur Park to watch him against Motherwell I always said that if you get You left after like 50 minutes though. Yeah, I, don't know if you yeah, can I had that. to get home for the traffic um, the, I always said if you, you get into wide areas against Hibs you'll, you, you'll score goals There's no doubt And if you look at the, the goals that Hibs conceded this season A lot of them are from the wide areas No doubt in that um, I think he's got to tighten that defence up Be hard to beat First and foremost um, He's got to work with the players that are there I do agree I think there's some real good quality players there Get a system that fits the players um, I don't think they, they achieved that under Lee Johnson They didn't look like they knew their, their jobs And their roles and their responsibilities In match days for me um, But I like the way this guy I just... Like uh, Harry, I watched him in his interview and I like the way he spoke. He came across great and I'm hopeful for the Hibs fans he'll be a good fit for him. It's hard to maybe quantify, Harry, but to what extent would your patience extend then? You're talking about getting behind him. If you could see a clear attempt at an identity and a style that you liked, would that be enough for you just now if the results you know, were a bit slower in following? Yeah, that, that's the main reason I got frustrated with Johnson so quickly. It was just very four games in a row. You looked like you'd be comfortably the third best team in the league and then you'd not win for 10 games. If you can get us playing a way that we're unlucky a few games and don't get the results we want, but we're still playing the right way, I can be a bit more forgiving than others. Um, but for me, as like I just think that we've got such a good setup now, it's time to actually put safe in someone. So I hope that he does get the season to kind of adjust to things obviously we've had a really good result there against Aberdeen to build from the next couple of games are not easy but um, it's not the old form so 
um, he's got a chance to kind of keep the fans on side. There's a really positive vibe around the club after Villa away and Aberdeen away, so he's going into a good situation, which can't really be said for the likes of Maloney and Johnson because there was kind of question marks when they entered. So yeah, I think he just he just needs to go go with the flow because it's going very positively at the moment. Yeah, Andy. I mean, Hibs got their the victory before the break, but I always I like that first section of the season because it's it's a bit too small to totally worry about. Like, there's loads of time to catch up, but it does give you that little indicator. And with Hibs having the new manager, you know fine well your own club, Aberdeen. It feels like our our big three out with the big two. I've got a really important few weeks coming up. Yeah, definitely. And I think there'll be sort of fixture turns in that as well, sort of playing each other and playing the. The old firm, so certainly difficult fixtures coming up, and it's maybe not been a, the ideal uh, the ideal start. Sorry for the three clubs you mentioned. Is Europe a part of that? Is obviously mm. always a big question. But for me, I don't think if you want to be a club and play in the competition, you can never use it as an excuse. So it will certainly be interesting in the next few games coming up. Uh, and you know the the small mark there. And Edinburgh Derby next month to look forward yeah, to as well. Get you two back on. Thank you, Harry, very much. We'll keep in touch with Harry. I'm sure you can hear more from him on the Down the Slope podcast. Uh, I mean, he's predicting managerial appointments two weeks in advance, so certainly don't mind hearing a bit more of that in the near future. Right, nearly done then. Your full time teaser. Looking for the top five most capped <coughs> men's players for Scotland and England Dalgleish, Leighton, Fletcher, McLeish, Shilton, Rooney, Gerard. I've got the Scotland one. Day? Yes. I think I've got the remaining Go and do English. me a favour and see whoever texts you that. Going to thank them for me. How can I take uh, For getting it done. Um, you've been sitting looking at me all day. All day. Oh, well, since six o'clock. I'll try not to look at you if I can. Piss yes, me off. David Beckham. Yes. Is that the fact? And Bobby Charlton. No. No. Right. I, I'll go. There's two I've got. Either Shearer. No chance. Or Ashley Cole. No. Oh, which no one chance. are you going? Nah It's one of them innit No Pick one <sighs> Quick pick one Ashley Cole 40 year before Pick one Ashley Cole No Sheena No Bobby Moore Yes mm. Bobby Moore <laughs> God Sheena <laughs> or Ashley Cole How far off are they actually Maybe not that far Ah off, you're right I won't be Sheena nah Sheena's not Sheena no Ashley Cole will be closer Bear in mind Bobby Moore's got 108 And he's the he's the fifth And, um, and I think I'm sure Lampard's over 100 uh, But anyway There we are I think, Look at that I don't even Listen carefully. Not even started the music yet. That's how early you two are. So I don't yeah, know, don't know where well. you're going. <laughs> well, get, your, get your headphones back on. <laughs> We're here for another minute. What do you want to talk about? Um, anything you want. What are you watching the night? Predict. Uh, What's for dinner? I'm I'm away. I'm you know where I am tomorrow. I predict to score for Sounds tomorrow. Ominous. No, what are you having for dinner? I'm more interested in that because you're fasting. He's fasting at the moment. I'm yeah, che- I'm checking for you. It's my favourite meal as oh, well. It's always such a love good it. option, isn't it? Love it, love chicken. I'm just having a little chicken wrap. And so, what time food. do you f- stop fasting at? Uh, I'll stop at half past eight tonight. That's so you why can have your dinner when I, you go in. Yeah, I'm not going in. I'm going somewhere right here now. So I've got the. Why do you always make that car. sound so? Where are you? No, don't answer that. I'm, right. head, I'm heading. I'm heading east. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just wish you had never asked. You know what I mean? No, no. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five for tomorrow. Jot it down. Get in touch. It is a huge night. The old enemy clash at Hamden. We're looking forward to it with Mark Wilson and Roger Hanna. And you can stay right there because Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>